Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Is this one of the most unexplainable UFO encounters from one of the most mystical parts of the UK? Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week we have an exclusive interview with a never-heard-before witness to the Penturk incident in Wales. Well, let's kick off with some trivia. Do you think that this is fact or fiction? The earliest recorded UFO sighting was in 1440 BC. What do you think? Fact or fiction? Find out the answer later in the show. Well, we're back again in the quiet and picturesque village of Penturk, nestled in the beautiful Welsh countryside. It was this sleepy village that was about to be thrust into the spotlight due to a series of bizarre events that unfolded over an incident that to this day is still unsolved. And there's a good reason why you may have missed this too. Many say that this is one of the greatest UFO cover-ups of all time. This investigation is ongoing with mainstream media said to be covering it up as military exercises. These strange events unfolded over several nights in February 2016. Multiple residents reported witnessing strange lights and unidentifiable flying objects in the skies above the village. The first sightings began on February the 5th when a local man reported seeing a cluster of bright lights hovering above the nearby Garth Mountain. The lights seemed to move in a synchronised pattern, unlike anything he'd ever witnessed before. Word of the sighting spread quickly across the village. Over the next few nights, more residents reported similar sightings, describing a formation of lights that would change colours, move rapidly and the noise of constant aircraft flying overhead. Some even claimed to have seen a large triangular-shaped craft silently gliding through the sky. In the last episode, we spoke to primary witness Kaz Clark, who spoke about her experience here as well as the battle she'd been fighting to bring more attention to this incredible event. Well, Kaz Clark joins us again this week, but this time with David, another eyewitness to these events. This is David's first ever interview regarding the Penturk incident, and we hope that this can bring more attention to what happened in February 2016. But before we go into our chat with David, let's hear this week's listener's story. She tells a story of witnessing strange creatures around her mother while she was ill. Hi, Yvette and team. My dad is really ill right now with um, terminal cancer and um, 
your show brings me so much comfort. I just wanted to say that to begin with. The story I wanted to share with you um, is about the time that I saw angels. I was about five years old and my mum was really ill. I didn't know at the time what her diagnosis was, but I learned in my uh, early 20s that she has paranoid schizophrenia. And um, on this particular day, again, when I was about five or six, um, she was in bed and she'd been in bed all day. Um, and I just remember that really strong feeling that she was really unwell and I was really upset about it. Um, I walked into her room and it was, it was incredible. I saw four extremely tall, I can only describe them as creatures, but I knew, I just knew in my heart that they were angels and they were scary looking. They were odd looking. I can't really describe them, but I thought at the time they were scary, um, but I also wasn't scared. So there was this feeling of, well, they look like something out of this world, but I know that they're good and I know that they're here. And I got such a strong feeling that they were here looking after my mum and I stopped crying and I realised, okay, no, it's okay, it's okay, there's someone looking after us. And some years, well, some many years later, um, I told my dad about this. He very plainly said, I've seen them too. And I was, I was amazed by that. So he told, started telling me a story and I wanted to share his story as well with you now. So when uh, my mum and dad were younger, like in their teens, uh, my dad used to travel um, by train to Edinburgh to see my mum. She was at university there. And it was, at um, uh, one particular time, it was about a 14 hour train trip for my dad um, because uh, something had happened on the tracks. And my dad was really anxious, really worried, really scared. He's quite, he's quite an anxious person anyway. And there was a lot of sort of like rowdy people. Um, there was a, probably a football match on or something and people drinking and people being rowdy. And he was really scared. He went and found a, a carriage to sit in by himself. Um, and I remember him describing that it was one of those carriages where it had the, it had the door on one end and then some, some empty seats. He sat down um, in there and then he described seven beings sitting around him all with their knees up to their chins because their legs were so tall and because they were so tall their heads hunched down in the carriage because they were that tall that they couldn't couldn't um fit in there and he said he felt utter peace he felt utter like i am safe i'm looked after I think that's amazing that to see seven. He, he described them as like white light, um, sort of skeletal beings, very long limbed. Um, and I actually recently brought this up to him again, um, talking about angels. And he said that he can still see their faces, um, sort of like he said they were wearing these cowls, long cowls. Um, balding, uh, bald heads, but long cowls that they were wearing. Um, 
I'm kind of picturing like a long, long nose as well to go with their long features, but that might be just me kind of adding in my imagery. But I've always found a lot of comfort in that um, story and the fact that my seeing those angels when I was young was validated by my dad as well is fantastic. Um, Yeah, so thank you again for your podcast. Absolutely love it. Well, I love the fact that you and your dad saw both these entities. And what intrigues me the most is the fact that your dad saw them on a train and seven of them. How incredible and so, so lucky. I always think when people have these experiences, it's because your soul really needs to be comforted. You might not think it at the time, but your soul needs to be comforted. And you need to know that you're never alone on this plane. My dad saw what he described as an angel once, and as he saw him, this beautiful bright white light, he says he felt nothing but pure love. I really believe that they are amongst us, and whenever you feel low, just speak out loud before sleep perhaps, or when you wake up, say, please help me, guardian angels, I need help, I really, really do, or words to that effect. And trust me, after a few days of this affirmation, you'll start to feel better. Remember, they can hear you and are always with you. You're never, ever alone. Now, let's jump into that chat with Kaz and David. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Baffled. 
the Fact Podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. More people in the world have mobile phones than toilets. Since most people are right-handed, in World War II, the Germans trained their army to eat with their left hand so they could spot spies in the cafeteria. A woodpecker's tongue actually wraps all the way around its brain, protecting it from damage when it's hammering into a tree. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. We're joining me again. Um, I'm very excited. Is Cass Clark because we're talking about the Penturk incident, and we've, we're uh, well. I'm beside myself because for the very first time, um, another key eyewitness um, named David uh, has come forward. As I say, for the very first time to talk about his experiences, and he's with Cass now. Hello to Cass and hello to David. How are you both? Hello. Good. Fantastic. So obviously we heard in great detail your story, Kaz, and exactly what happened to you. And it wasn't a story, it's an experience which just blew my mind. Um, David, were you with Kaz at the same time? Did your experience begin at the same time as Kaz's? Yeah, or, or, yeah. Oh, it did. So what was it that you first heard and saw? Well, it was the planes first, and that's what we were watching because it started off one. Actually, he was there for a couple of days. And then as time went on later <clears throat> that night, it ended up, I think it was five or six planes circling us. So we carried on watching. And then it went from there, really, high up above the planes, out of nowhere, come one red light, then another, then another. And it started coming down towards the ground. And further it got down, more lights come on it. And it all went from there, really. It come right down. And it was, as Kaz described, tell me if I'm wrong, Kaz, like a like a massive pyramid shape, really. It, it looked like that. And then from the top, these sort of things were shooting out of it, like red lights. Am I right, Kaz? Well, David was the one that saw them coming out. I only oh, saw you? the green object come out of the top because uh, I was fixated. Don't ask me why. On it touching the ground. You had the three red lights, which was the triangle shape, as it come down. The lower it come down, more red lights, brighter, all down the sides and across the bottom, lit up bright. And as it come right down to the ground, these red lights almost went dark and then all these red orbs come from it, I'd say about 20, and they were all floating sort of like, looked like it was they were protecting it. Huh. And then they started going into each other, one into the other, and then some had turned green, some stayed red. And then one of them just went right up in, in the air and started sort of, well, it looked like it was sort of dancing back and forth. And that's what all of the planes went after. They sort of followed him and it all went dark, darkness. The, the main craft went dark. You could not see nothing. Uh, we think it went back the way it came, but, the, you know, that's only a theory. But the EMF trail that was left in the field there, along with beta radiation, starts and finishes where this thing emerged and disappeared so the the emf trail is over a thousand feet long good grief and what david what was going through your mind when you saw it for the first time adrenaline really like hype the first thing i tried to do was i got my phone out my pocket i tried to film it and my battery the line on my battery it just went to zero my phone went straight off (laughs) so i couldn't film it when it come right down to the ground, I just had an urge to go to it. I was—I just felt really drawn to it. I was straight through the gate, and I was started going through the field, 
And if it weren't for Kaz, I would have probably been over there and maybe not here today. But she went, get back, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know how thing it is. So Well, with all the military activity that was going on that night, I didn't want us to appear to be hostile. Right. And uh, approaching something in the dark at speed would, to something strange, possibly appear to be hostile. So I said, I don't mind watching, but from a safe distance. And that's what we did. I think you're both incredibly brave because the size of it and what was going on and the aeroplanes that had been flying around for days. And then you see this thing. A lot of people would have just ran into their home straight away, absolutely terrified, thinking, oh, my God, you know, we're going to be killed. I'm going to be abducted or what the hell is it? You know, and you didn't. It wasn't so much fear. It was um, just the, the adrenaline and the buzz of it. Like, oh, my God, well, you know, something you've never seen before. It was literally out of this world. <laughs> literally. And, David, so what happened after, you know, you, Cass said you get back? What happened then? Well, we just stood on the gates watching it. The planes carried on following the green one. All the rest went dark. We couldn't see nothing. It was just pitch black. And then two lit up and come towards us, red. One was over further to the right. One was coming straight towards, near enough, right over us. Turned green. And then just vanished off. And how big would you say? Were they like balls of orbs or were they... I mean, you describe Kaz as them being like a barrel shape, these lights? That's right. Yeah, about the size of a small car. Really? I imagine them to... When you're telling me, I imagine them to be quite sort of... You know, you could hold it in both hands, but... About the size of a couple of... No, 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 these... No, they were, they were quite big. They wow. were big. And they, for me, they, they seemed to be alive. All the insides were moving. <sighs> for me, it had emotion. You know, they tried to hide. They ran. Does that, that doesn't sound like anything that's hostile to me. No, and also you said you got upset because it looked like these... It, they'd been shot... Well, they were shot. It was shot down, wasn't it? Because you were, all heard uh, the, yes. the, 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 the rumble and the, the, the crash... I mean, what went through your heads then? Oh, I knew in my heart that they'd shot it down, um, but I wanted to go out and find the impact crater, you know, the next, the same morning, I should say, because David came through my front door at about 8 o'clock showing me the cover story from Wells Online, which said that there'd been a military exercise. <laughs> and David, so what, what, what did you think about that? So, so you felt the, the earth move, as it were, you heard the crash, and you'd seen all this happening. Did, were you... Uh, you know, feeling as Kaz was? Yeah, something de- something definitely happened after with either the large craft that went dark or, the you know, the green one other planes followed. Um, I think it was about 20 past four, half past four, two mighty booms which were miles away and you could feel and hear it from here. like. And, uh, and Kaz also describes that afterwards, well, you didn't describe, you kind of told me, didn't you, Kaz, that... You f- you thought that some time was missing. Was that the same for you, David? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, what do you think happened to that time? And how much time? How much time? We, we were on the gates and literally sort of come round. Um, I was freezing cold, literally like shaking. And time had gone. I I don't know. It's like two hours. We lost an hour or two hours even. It just vanished. Time. Wow, that's. I didn't realise it was that much time, Kaz. That's in, and both of you the same time. Yes. 
And and do you both believe that perhaps you were taken up there? I don't know. I've got no recall of being taken. But whether it was like, like they tried wiping our minds, you know, to what we had seen, I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I'd never been so cold in my life. Um, it, you know, it felt like touching a piece of meat in the in the chill county. You know, it was it, it was dead cold. And you see, I suppose the frightening thing was, was: would you want to know? Would you want to know what happened to you if you were taken? Which I I believe you were. I don't think I want to no, I, you know, I I wouldn't particularly because you know, obviously, I'm quite public and I have to stick to what I know and believe, and. Um, you know, being regressed, am I going to be reaching for the artistic side of my brain or am I actually going to be recalling a memory? I don't know. Mm. You know? It could be a bad memory. But, you know, the, the strange dreams and things that have happened to both of us since the event is are very vivid. What and, um, sort of, can I ask what sort of dreams they are? Can I ask you first, David? I had um, a crazy dream shortly after and there was... I was in this courtyard with old wooden benches, cobblestoned area. Um, it looked like barn doors all around. It was just a square. And there was loads of people walking around, um, in really old Victorian clothes. Um, I remember some woman coming over to me and put her hand out. I touched her and she turned to the, you know, to skin colour. They were just all black and white. Um and I touched her with my other hand, and more of a turn to, you know, skin colour. It was, it was really eerie, strange dream. But we've also had callings. You know, we still have UFOs here. Um, it is quite a hot spot. Nothing on the scale of 2016, granted. But then I don't know because I've never looked before. Um, you know, we are here, and you look, and something appears in the sky. You know, it's it's really strange really strange it's 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 a phenomenal experience that you both had and the reason why you know because we obviously hasn't just for you david obviously kaz and i have spoken and at length and 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 you told me the whole experience from the beginning to the end so i i kind of know what's happened and so for you david i you know your you experience basically almost the same as Kaz. But when you hear somebody else coming forward, this is what really I love is the fact that other people come forward and say, yeah, I experienced that too. Yes, I experienced that too. Aren't you pleased that there wasn't just one of you that experienced it, that at least you've got other people around you, that you, you, you've experienced something life-changing? Yeah, definitely. And I, I know 150% that we weren't the only ones to- to have seen it. It was up high in the sky. It was absolutely huge. Yes, it might have been late, but there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of people around on the roads and stuff. They would, they would have seen it from afar and whether they just thought it was nothing or thought nothing of it or they've just kept quiet. A lot of people probably seen that that night. So what do you think has happened to this craft then? Do you think it was... What did they bring down? Did they bring down the massive craft? I think you said, did you say how big it was? Because you did, but I can't remember. Did you say it was something like a football pitch or so? It was massive, wasn't it? It was massive, yeah. It was a pyramid. It was on the scale of a pyramid. But I think that big craft went back the way it came after it jettisoned all the smaller ones. And the one they shot down 
I still believe was a deliberate decoy. Ah, so so the, the one that they shot down is the one that's basically about the size of a car. And they shot that down. They, they were all the size of a small car, you know. <laughs> right. So what do you think's happened to that craft that's been down then? We, we have witnesses that were in Smarlock Woods that night that were assaulted and illegally searched and detained by the military. No. And they saw the object on the ground. What did um, they, what did they describe it as? What did, the, what did they say they see, they'd seen? They said it, it looked like an old glass Coke bowl with the top cut off, with that undulation in the centre of it. Um, and there were three people wearing full hazmat suits. I had the recording of his interview. The other one, um, I, I, I can't even say their names, I'm sorry. No, no, that's quite understand. He is so afraid uh, that he, he won't even speak about it, you know, only to confirm what the other witnesses said. Um, and he's married with children, a director of his own company. You know, this is, these are grown men. And um, they saw the object on the ground. There were three people wearing hazmat suits. The military were there. Uh, and they had absolutely no permission to be in Smilog Woods that night, the, the military, let alone let off explosives. Uh, there was a debris trail, which we found when we went up on the morning of the 27th. And they were picking up parts of that craft off the floor. Um, and I don't know if David would want to talk about what we found in the impact area, the, the smells, etc., that were evident and not evident <coughs> on the video. There was trees bent over. There was all the tops of the canopy of the trees taken taken off on the ground. Um, there was like sulfur burns high up on the trees that someone could come down, you know, in, in that area. Yeah, there was like a weird kind of snow up there. How Just in that area, nowhere else. Wow. And also where the pyramid emerged here, it was just snowing in the one field and not in the surrounding fields. We walked around all of the other fields and there was no snow. And I remember standing on the edge of the field and watching the snow fall in front of me, but not on me. And it was weird. It was almost spongy. So it, it wasn't snow. It just looked like snow. I wonder what on the earth that could have been. That's incredible. Oh, my God, I wish... I'm so envious because I wish I had been able to... Well, people listening will be like, ah, oh, I would love to have seen that. I mean, you talk publicly about this, Kaz, and I think we, we touched on this, didn't we? Are you worried? Are you worried about, you know, the the powers that be almost? It's almost like, oh, she's saying too much. She's talking too much. We must give her a warning or something like that. A bit like, you know, the other um, uh, gentleman who, who was in the woods and saw what he saw, the company director. You know, it's frightened. Are you, are you at all? I was initially. It took me 18 months to even go outside of my house. Because um, of them? The government We're just coming to yeah. terms with it all, I think. Oh. And I had PTSD and I didn't realise I had that. And I was inadvertently threatened by someone that said that they had an interest in the case, who was definitely military, <sighs> um, with perhaps a fatal car accident. <gasps> but that threat extended to my, yes, that threat extended to my family. No. And that's what set a fire under me. Oh. That um, and now I'm going to <clears throat> prove to the world, not only have they lied, and South Wales police supply, the military, the RAF, and other agencies. Uh, and I can prove all of this, I'm not saying this lightly, um, to show what actually did happen that night. And we've got, you know, the explosion that went off, registered on the Richter scale 40 miles away in Monmouthshire. 
and the military defense's explanation was that was a simulated munition well the first explosion was an air explosion and that was uh actually uh it was the daily mirror that put that story out because of witnesses and Van Tristen had said the first explosion was an air ex- explosion. You cannot place a simulated munition in the air. And secondly, simulated munitions have no kinetic energy at all. I've seen more smoke from a firework than from a, one of these fake incendiary devices. So it wouldn't have had enough power to have rocked the Royal Glamorgan Hospital, no. shaken people's homes, physically shaken patients awake in their beds and there was so much smoke, it actually resembled a foggy night um, from this explosion. And the second explosion sounded like something hit the ground in Smilog Woods. Well, the people that were in Smilog Woods said they felt the vibration and they said it was like standing on a vibration plate. Has the um, local press, even the local press, taken an interest you know, in this? Have, have they done stories on it? I'm just intrigued because I'm thinking... If they haven't, or they've tried to, or just done a little piece, that smells of something very bad as well. It almost—it's it's almost like they got shut down really straight away about it. But you see, there and you go. Told, yeah. Put the narrative out there that it was a military exercise, and that's it. There was no, you know, no extra problem. thing. No, nothing. And you know, with everything that's going on at the moment, with more and more people coming forward talking about UFO sightings, um. I think in you know it might take a little bit more or longer, but I think people will start to really sit up and 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 take notice. They have to. This is ridiculous. It, it, I mean, we know we're not alone. We know that we have visitations. We know so many people have seen UFOs and it's affected their lives. You talk also about Kaz about having some sort of paranormal activity since having this visitation. Have you had any paranormal activity, like poltergeist activity in your home, David, for instance? No. No. I'm just curious is because, for instance, the Rendlesham case, um, you know, people will walk through the woods and all of a sudden they'll get hit by a hot, you know, hot rocks or stones, pebbles. And and I just wondered if, if anybody had experienced anything like that, perhaps around the site, why that happens, we don't know, you know, the high levels of EMF or, or whatever. I, I, I don't know, but it, it, I just wondered, I'm, I'm just intrigued. But are you still plagued by dreams, David? Are you still plagued by unease and I had another dream dream after that. That dream was that I was taken uh, by Grace. Right. I remember telling Kaz about it. Um, They took me, didn't do anything to me. They took me to, to I imagine, another planet. And I remember the door opening and he put his arm out as if to say this way. He took me out onto this sandy, dusty planet and there was, I'd say, about two or three foot. Um, they looked like fish bones everywhere, and there was like a like a vibration, a humming. And he didn't speak to me, but he sort of put into my head, or yeah. telepathically, that this is what you should be doing. But he didn't explain what he meant. But I don't know if it was some sort of energy thing, and he's saying, you know, he was saying this is what you should be doing on Earth for energy. I I, I don't know. And I remember he took me back to the ship and there was all smaller ones and they were like little kids. They were all excited when I was walking back onto the ship. And the next thing I know, I, I felt like I landed on my bed and I woke up. That's- oh, that's what, do you know, you've made me go all goosey bumps. That's, <laughs> that's an incredible. Even telling you then, I feel, I feel all tingling on yeah. my neck because it was, 
Oh, you, I, I, have you thought about writing books and and uh, about your experience? I know you've written a lot, Kaz. I'm just thinking about Dave and his experiences, and you know, there's no, there's, a, there's a book, there's a book in everyone, isn't there, Kaz? There is, and he's got a story to tell. Well, I wrote you. mine in four days, but you know, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> brilliant. That's so yeah. good. It takes me months to write mine. That's incredible. Well, no, it's a, well it was a five year investigation, so yeah. it was quite easy to put it together. And there's been a lot of information and more witnesses that have come forward since the book was written but I wanted to preserve the investigation that's what it was about yes of course yeah um, yeah well it's it's actually, is there anything you want to add David perhaps more about your experience or anything else you want to tell me I mean I'm just blown away by the whole thing it's it's the most incredible case no not really I, like I, I you know I, I didn't want to come forward or you know speak about it much it was a major shock to the system yeah. all of it um and like I said, we had someone come down who was interested and wanted to meet us both and see the area where I come down. He turned out to be a bit of a bad egg. He was 100% military. Um, he said to me, you know, are you worried? Because I'm a son with me. Are you worried about what's going to happen to you and your son now? He said, if you come forward. And I didn't even answer him. I was just quite shocked for it to, you know, to even come out of his mouth. What, he said, are thought, you worried? About, you what, what did he say? What, just repeat that. Are you worried what could happen to you and your son now if you come out and talk oh about my it? God. But it was the way he ah. said it. He, yeah. walked up, he walked up to David, chested up to him, said, and gestured towards his little boy. You know, I mean, that's, this is a, it was an intimidation tactic, you know. God. And the same man threatened me with perhaps a fatal car accident. What was it? What? You know, what did I want? And I said, well, I don't want anything for myself. The people need to know the truth. And this really happened. So for the Ministry of Defence to be saying that they have no information is a lie. It's an absolute lie. Because they took that thing from Sherlock Woods using the Chinook helicopters. Where do you want to go with this? How far do you want to go with this? When will you be satisfied? Well, the Ministry of Defence keep talking about a public interest test. So I want to put it to the test and I'm going to start a petition for uh, a change in the law in this country to disclose the information that they do know. And perhaps they can't disclose everything, but we need to be told these things are real. And our British government have buried this for another 50 years. And we don't have 50 years. They need to re- disclose this zero point energy, which will entail disclosing the information that they have about UFOs. Because we cannot continue raping this planet. What use is all the money that these oligarchs have got if we don't have a planet anymore. We're behind you 100%. If there's anything we can do um, to help at all, push the story or whatever, we're here for you. And of course, for you, David, as well. And can I just say, uh, I know it took a lot for you to come and talk to us today. And and honestly, I can't thank you enough just to hear another witness, you know, and talk about what they've gone through. Um, And I 100% believe absolutely everything you're saying. And like I said, I'm just envious I wasn't there with you to share with it. It's an extraordinary experience. And in a way, I know you probably won't see it like this, but I think you're totally blessed to have actually seen what you saw. I've I've seen a UFO, but there 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 were lights in the sky that I can't even explain to you how it was. It was incredible. You just know, don't you? When you've seen something that's not of this world, you just know. So, wow. And, and thank, thank you so much for, for joining me and, and talking to me about it, both of you. I really appreciate it. 
You can find out more about the Penturk incident by going to Kaz Clark's Facebook page and the Penturk Incident YouTube channel and webpage. Here people can get help and support from professionals without fear or rejection if they witnessed a UFO encounter. Before we go, let's get the answer to this week's fact or fiction. As a reminder, is this fact or fiction the earliest recorded UFO sighting was in 1440 BC? What did you guess? Well, the answer is fact. This sighting comes from ancient Egypt. The scribes for the sixth pharaoh, Thutmose III, described fiery disks hovering over the skies of Lower Egypt. Have you witnessed a UFO? Or is there a site, a haunting that you think we need to cover on the podcast? If you do, please get in touch with us and share your stories at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or we are on WhatsApp. Please leave your beautiful voice on this number 0759992737 and we are on Instagram and our handle is at paranormalactivitypod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, my friends. Stay safe. And remember, things aren't always as they seem. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.